whole, as, as, as a whole here. And so there's a chance for revival here. Amen. There's chance for uh, bringing something new, some new life to something that has been destroyed. Amen. So I'm excited. And Jesus says in John 17, starting in verse 20, he says this, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. There is so much there that we need to unpack. That the kingdom of God, when it comes, it will not be something that you could say, I observed it. I went to that movie. I bought that ticket. I went to the movie. I, I, I love sports, and I can't wait for this COVID thing to be done so we can go to live sports again. I love live sports. I, I love watching sports on my television, but it's just not the same. You know, you go to the ballpark, you get the smell of the French fries and, and, and everything that's good, and you get the, the sounds of the stadium, and I just love being there. I love the atmosphere. I'm a competitive guy by nature anyway, so I love competitive, and I love sports. And so I love going there and, and seeing and, and observing it. And then we all go home, and, and, and then something extraordinary would happen. I remember I, I was at Portland Sea Dogs in Hadlock Field, when Haley Ramirez took, um, took shortstop for the first time as a, as a sea dog, which was in the Boston Red Sox organization. And uh, when we were waiting down for autographs, I saw Haley Ramirez just walk by me. Now, Haley Ramirez is an 18, 17-year-old kid at the time, but I observed it. And I could say to my friends, I observed that. I saw him. He walked right by me. I could have smacked him in the head if I wanted to. I wasn't about to. I observed it. Something, there's some sort of credibility to say when we observe something. But then Jesus said, it's not going to be like that. We're all waiting for that to happen. We're all waiting for that, that whole, like, the glory and the trumpets and the clouds to, to split and we can observe it. But then Jesus said, yo, it's already in the midst of you. It's already, so don't be surprised when all of a sudden, I didn't intend worship to do anything this morning. I was telling my wife all week that I was so anxious for today. I didn't expect anything to happen, and I still don't expect anything to happen. But don't be surprised when the Holy Spirit takes over, because isn't that what we're all asking for? Don't be surprised if the Holy Spirit all of a sudden takes over in your marriage, and you find healing. Don't be surprised when, when all of a sudden that once broken heart becomes whole, and you can love again, and you can give again, and you can serve people again with joy. Don't be surprised when your children start prophesying. Amen? Don't be surprised when all of a sudden walls that you thought and you said that would never come down are broken and shattered into the ground. Something great about the walls of Jericho, and we're not even going there. This isn't in my notes, but the walls of Jericho, they didn't even leave rubble on the ground. They went into the ground. The ground swallowed them up. Those are the kind of walls that are going to come down in your life. So don't be surprised then. Amen? But be expecting that, that Lord, you're doing something. I've tried in my own strength for many years. I've been saved since I was 12 years old. You know, actually saved. That's when I, I confessed and I believed in my heart. I confessed with my lips that Jesus was Lord, that he raised from the dead. 12 years old. You know, I was a, I was a little shrimp kid um, in like a land of giants. It seemed like, you know, everybody was bigger than me. Um, I went from being a big kid on my little league team to just a really little kid. And, and so, you know, a little, little annoying kid too, because that was my way to try to get noticed. And and so for me, that was just, I had to survive, but I was saved at 12, and, and uh, since then, I have been trying to do this in my own strength, and wondering why. Why is it like I'm 
banging my head against the wall, God. You know, here I am. I'm doing this. And I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. Let me remind you, God, this is what I'm doing for you. And, and, and the whole time he would say, that's why you're doing. But let me do through you. Amen? Let's, let's continue in John 17. <clears throat> the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. And he said to the disciples in verse 22, the days are coming when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look there or look here, but do not go out or follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will be the Son of Man in this day. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. He's obviously speaking of, he's foretelling of something to come. Verse 26, and this is the key to where we're going this morning. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and, be, and being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Now, I want to pause right there before we get to Genesis. And if you have your Bibles, go to Genesis. Right, because that's going to be the, 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 the foremost and the final text that we read from. But he's saying, as it was in the days of Noah, they were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying. All good things, for the most part. You know, I like to eat. Anybody like to eat? I like to eat when we celebrate. I love celebrations. I love the holidays. Um, I, I, lo I love, you know, how my parents, I love how my in-laws, they do holidays. I love it. It's a celebration. We just had Easter, and you celebrate. The Lord has risen, amen? So feast. There were feasts all throughout the scripture. I love it. I love it so much. It's a good thing. I want my children to grow because I need some point guards that are over six feet. So I give them food, hopefully good food, good protein, good sources of protein so they'll grow big and strong. I like that. That's good. And, and we see the celebrations where they feasted, marrying. It's a good thing. Man, we've got so many marriages, uh, so many weddings coming up. It's exciting. It's a good thing. But yet, what is going on here that we're not seeing? You know, I, I believe that, I, I love this country. I, I was born here. I know it looks questionable, but I was born here. My, my birth certificate looks really questionable, but I was. I was born here, and I love that I was born. I was bl I'm blessed to be born here. And man, one of my favorite lines from my favorite sitcom, you've seen how carnal I am, but you know, I don't need to win the lottery. I already did. I was born in the U.S. of A. And so there's a lot of good that comes with that. Amen, there's a lot of freedom that comes with that. Amen? But at the same time, there's a lot of pride in it. The American dream, the American pride, that's a very real thing. And I can speak from experience. I've let that American pride get the best of me sometimes. Where then I have to check myself. So I, I can almost think here that maybe pride was getting the best of the people. So let's go to Genesis 6 and let's find out. 
Genesis 6, starting in verse 1, it says, When a man, when man began to multiply on the face of the land, and the daughters were born to them, and the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took as their wives any they chose, and then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. There's, there's a few different things here that we're not going to unpack but there's a few different things. I love looking at my study Bible with this. If you're anything like me, when you study the scriptures, I can't just look at the scripture surface level. I've got to dig a little deeper. I love the commentaries that go with this one because there's a lot of different theological theories here about what is going on, about the sons of God, sons of God follow them. And then it's going to talk about the Nephilim here in just a second. So there's many different theories here, but that's not what we're going to unpack. What we're going to unpack and what we're going to talk about is the key right here where he says, then the Lord said, my spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. For he is flesh. For we all know that there's this battle between us. There's this battle of flesh and spirit. Flesh versus spirit. Are we going to abide by the law of the flesh, which is death, which is sin and death? We hear Paul unpack this really well. Or are we going to abide in the law of spirit? I love how it was put one time by Pastor Gary. The law of flesh keeps us on the ground. The law of sin and death, it keeps us on the ground. But the law of spirit is like taking flight. One of the most extraordinary things that I've ever lived through is flying in an airplane. And I think it's the craziest thing. Because you defy, all of a sudden that airplane is becoming mobile and it is on the runway in such a way that it becomes and it starts to defy gravity. That's the law of spirit taking forth in our lives. Where God is, is trying to remind us, you know, you can live by your flesh and end up like these fellows. Or there's the law of spirit that lifts you from that. And then there's the law of spirit that if we abide by that law of spirit, then hold on. Watch out because the Lord is going to lift you to new places. You're, I can't tell you. I, I fl my wife and I flew over New York City at nighttime. I think I was glued to that window. That was the coolest thing. One of the coolest things I've ever seen. Seeing those lights, seeing the buildings. I, I love the city anyway. You know, my wife is a country girl. I love the city. I'm a city boy. I, there's something about the city. I love it so much. I love it. But flying over that in the nighttime, I, it just changed my perspective. For one day, I can't remember, it was, a, it was in August, a few years ago, my wife was in a hair thing, and, and I was uh, left to walk around New York City uh, for, what, eight hours, eight, nine hours? And, and so I learned that city so well that people were asking me for directions, and I was able to direct them. Let's go. <laughs> I went to all the stuff. I walked, even though I rented a Jeep, Jeep Wrangler. Come on, let's go. But, but I had a very ground surface level. And you'd go through certain boroughs. My wife and I had dinner in Harlem at uh, one of my favorite chefs at his restaurant. And so we were in Harlem and, and uh, seeing a very surface level of Harlem. And if you've ever been to Harlem, Maybe you know what that surface level is like. But then once you get in that plane, all of a sudden, you're, you're elevated to a certain point where your perspective is different. And that's what the Lord is trying to remind us of here. That law of the Spirit 
he's trying to lift you to a new perspective over your life. Where you might think, man, I'm at the end of my rope, Lord. I feel like there's a flood coming, and I can't do anything about it. So I'm going to be washed up in it, and I don't care. But then he changes our perspective. He lifts us from that. You might say, I, I've made too many mistakes in my marriage, and I don't know how my wife will ever forgive me. But then he lifts your perspective. Let your perspective be lifted this morning. We see it right here. They were living in the flesh. In the flesh. Uh, so let's move on. Let's move on. I want to get to the, to the key verse. Let's go to verse 5. <clears throat> Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man, the, the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his hearts were only evil continually. And then the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out the man, man whom I created from the face of the land, uh, man and animals and creeping things and birds in the, of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the Lord, uh, so in the eyes of the Lord. Noah, everybody say that. Noah found favor. Because Noah was righteous. We can read about Lot. We're not going to go there this morning, but we all know that story as well. Noah was found righteous. What does that mean to be found righteous? Because aren't we all searching for that? Aren't we all? I, I, I love, and one of the, I, I found at, uh, at Goodwill a, a book of speeches. And, and you have some of the greatest speeches throughout history up to that point. I think it was published in 1996. I'm sorry, 2006. And, um, and so you, you get to read some of the greatest speeches. One of my favorites to this day is Reverend King's. So I have a dream speech, and many of you know it. Some of you could probably even quote it better than I could, and I'm not going to quote it. But I believe in his dream that he had, but I, I also believe that there's something even greater than that. There's a, there's a dream that I have it's a dream that I believe that, you know, red, yellow, black, or white, that, that we should come together and stop letting us be separated by an agenda everywhere. And we all know that. We can turn on the TV. We don't even have to turn on the TV. Social media is really good at reminding us that, yo, there's an agenda. And beyond that, there's an agenda of an enemy. For we fight not against flesh and blood, but of principalities of darkness. You know, I politically probably don't line up with a lot of you in here, but it's fine. But there's an agenda of the enemy that's not fine. There's an agenda of the evil one that, that is trying to separate and destroy children from par parents, spouses from each other. You know, the fact that, that we can be afraid to even um, go forth in our giftings because of, I don't want to separate I don't want to offend. You know, we're, we're, we're being led by something that is not of this world. So I have a dream that we will no longer allow ourselves to be le led by that agenda. Amen? Where I believe that there is a righteousness that's found in Christ Jesus that we can take on. So here we are set upon the earth to become salt and light. 
Salt and light, bringing life and, and bringing a preserving agent to those who need it. To be fruitful and multiply to the creation mandate is to take care of the earth, okay? And to bring the gospel to every living creature, okay? And making disciples out of every nation. We know this, right? This is like Christianity 101. Yet by thinking ourselves to be righteous, we get bogged down with logistics, do we not? See, religion has come in and done a really good job at making something that was supposed to be beautiful. I'm not dogging religion for the sake of dogging religion, but what I am is saying Christianity is to become like Christ. And Christ, when he came, he ruffled, he ruffled some feathers here and there. A lot of times in the temple, in the church. You know, in fact, John 17, I mean, Luke 17, we can go back there where he cleansed the temple. I love how he says they cleansed the temple. Cleansing the temple was making a mess, and I love that. Amen. So if we are Christ-like, then we dare call ourselves Christians. So let's read on here, okay? I, I believe that, you know, taking on this righteousness as Christ Jesus, a righteousness in Christ Jesus, Jesus challenges um, the wise in the, in the word with two commandments, in which we just heard here exhorted in the commercial here for the Stevens ministry, to love God and to, what? Love one another. What's the greatest? Love God and love others. But they don't align with my political beliefs. Love others. They look different from me. Love others. They sing different from me. They wear different clothes. Some of them even have tattoos. Love others. Some of them in their church services, they even do things a little bit different from us. See, why are we getting bogged down on logistics? When we're bogged down by logistics, what are we, we're not living by the spirit, man. We're living by flesh. What they were living by in the days of Noah. And the corruption began to take over. I love how Pastor Gary puts it all the time. He believes and I believe just as well as him. The church shouldn't have this huge bank account just sitting there. But man, the church was here for the community. The church is here for people. The church is here to make a difference because we're living a difference. In fact, that's in our mission statement. If you look on our website, you can find our mission statement. We're here to live the difference by be becoming the difference, being the difference by living the difference. And, and if we are not living as different, if, if we are not living as Christ, especially when people aren't watching us, then maybe we should check ourselves before we, before we start you know, pointing the fingers at others. But taking the example of Christ... Taking on the example, we serve one another in such a way that I believe that we bring life wherever we go, amen? Because that's what Jesus did, bringing life wherever he goes. I believe that our net worth should not be determined by how much we make, but it's what we do for our neighbor. You ever do that late at night when you're just, you're, you're looking at, you know, you're watching TV or you're reading something and, and you see some article about some, another rich guy just getting richer? And you wonder, I wonder what his net worth is. And then you look at that net worth, you know what, that means nothing. I don't know why we need to know that. What I'm more interested in is what are we doing for one another? 
I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's read here. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. That is more than just he got up early in the morning. He said a few prayers. Um, you know, there was no word at the time. It's still being written. You know, history is being lived out here. But I have a feeling it was a little bit more than just a few prayers. It was walking with God continually. Amen. Let us be challenged by this church. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all the flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, um, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth, and make yourself, so make yourself an ark of gopher wood. So everybody say, an ark. Make yourself an ark. Make yourself because they didn't know what boats were at this point in time, make yourself a box, <laughs> a chest. In my office, you can find a treasure chest. I believe it's a treasure chest. I believe that it was probably in an old pirate ship somewhere. That's what I want to believe. Just let me have that one, okay? But I love nautical themes. If you go in there, there's a 1930s edition of Moby Dick that my wife got me. Um, Come on. I, I mean, Moby Dick is one of my favorite pieces of literature of all time. My wife got me a hard copy, 1930, uh, one the illustrated ones, too. I love it, right? I love nautical themes. Um, and, and so you go in there, that chest right there, I was going to bring it out, but I just, you know, I didn't have my Wheaties this morning. And it's full right now. But that's an ark. Build an ark. Build something to now protect you and your family so my challenge for us this morning i believe that the holy spirit's challenge is for us to make an ark because when the kingdom of god comes it will be like that in the days of noah where god promised he would never flood the earth with water again but the prophets in the old covenant tell us that there's a flood of darkness covering the earth gross darkness believers children of God build for yourself an ark that you like Noah can take those to safety so that you then can, can live the promises that you can live the very um, purposes of God in us and through us and then something will happen where I believe that instead of being flooded with darkness, instead of being flooded with, with, uh, with water, that the, the Spirit of God will flood the earth instead. Because that's what we want. And then I, I believe that even some of you, that the Spirit of God will be so evident through you that, that you'll be in your jobs and, and you'll be having these conversations, not even, not even knowing or not even you know, um, ready for them, but you're having conversations with, with coworkers, and then the Spirit of God will flow through you, and, and then watch out before you know it, your coworkers are becoming saved. Your coworkers are, are starting to worship God, and, and you're like, I didn't even expect this. Because the Holy Spirit is working through you. Amen? Some of you will be at the grocery store and you'll be led to pray for certain people. 
I'm telling you, watch out now because and now as soon as it's on your brain, it's going to happen because you're going to be looking for it. You're going to see somebody with a limp and then all of a sudden you're going to know. You're going to know and you're going to remember this, okay, that the Holy Spirit is, is putting you there to pray for that person. Well, God, I don't want to do that because that's weird. I don't want to do that. That is weird. Do I need to remind you what Christ did? Spit in the ground and rubbed it in a guy's eyes. Weird? And then made him walk down a shaft, blind, with mud in his eyes, so he could bathe himself in some jank water they called the Pool of Siloam. Okay, look that up. That's not like a pretty pool, you know, with lifeguards sitting on the side and everybody's lounging. That was a well. I mean, Jesus did these things because he only did what he saw the Father do. So let us be there. Let us be at the place where we only do what we see the Father do. And, and we see the Father sending his only Son to become life for us because he loves us. So I love that challenge. They will know, that other people will know that we are his disciples by the love that we have for one another. Not by the standing up and, and saying, you have different political views than me. I'm sorry, I can't be with you right now feel like we should be a little bigger than that. You don't sing the same songs. You know, I, I went to a different church over here, and they sang these songs. Pastor Pete, you don't sing any of those songs. I'm not even sure you're filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm out of here. But instead, instead, see, some of you are like, how do you know I was thinking that? Amen. But can we serve more? You know, we've we've been a we've we've become a national church where we we build really really big walls and we have really small dining room tables. That's the opposite of acts. I love it in Acts because they were so excited. If you look at the, the disciples after, you know, and they were looking to get Stephen involved and, and, and they were going to hand out food, you see the excitement. And if you need to go back there, read it. You know, Pastor Gary, last week he was in Acts and in Acts 2. But if you look at that after, they're so excited just to serve people. They're so excited just to serve people. Just to give people bread, to break bread with one another. They're so excited. But we've, we've come a little bit out of that where all of a sudden now it's like, oh, I gotta do the church thing again. Man, I gotta, I gotta you know, so-and-so wants me to go and minister with them. Ah, oh, just, I'm tired. And, and we're all tired. We're human. But first, we're spirit. And the Holy Spirit is reaching out to our spirit saying, yo, let's go. Let's do this. Build for yourself an ark. Build an ark so that you can take these people with you. I even, I even wonder if our evangelical, um, our ways of being e evangelical are man-made. But I believe that the, the greatest way to be evangelical is to live like Christ. Amen? To serve one another. You have opportunities to even minister. You have opportunities to, to go wherever and just serve, man. 
I was blessed. I don't know if he's in here. Uh, my son one time, he is in here. I'm going to embarrass him a little bit. Um, whenever I have cash on me, which isn't much, it was, it, it's not a lot, right? But whenever I have cash on me and I, and I see homeless, I, I want to be able to bless. I don't want to sit there and judge and be like, he's just going to use it. She's just going to use it for this. And, and, but if I have cash on me, I want to be able to sow into their lives. And just, I don't need to ask questions, I just want to be able to do it. And, and uh, it was after a holiday or something, or a birthday or something, I had cash on me. And again, that's a rare occasion. My kids ask for cash, I'm sorry, I don't have cash, right? So I had cash on me, and, and I, we came to the intersection, I rolled down the window, and, and I started to get into my wallet, because I just, I just wanted to do it. And then my son from behind me uh, gave me a bill that was larger than mine, and said, here, I want to give it too. And man, I, I was, I was uh, as a father at that point in time, I'm trying to hold it in. Like, don't cry, Talbot, don't do it, don't do it. Don't. But I was blessed by that because he's living the gospel. That's part of it, right? Just live, I'm not gonna judge him or her based on what I think that they're going to do with that, but instead I'm just gonna be faithful and believe and, and, and hopefully the Lord will open up some doors there. Living like Christ with your coworkers, serving them. Amen? Just being like Christ. How do, you, how do you know what Christ was like? Open your words, man. Open the Bible. Open the word. I tell my students, dig into John. If you don't know where to start, start dig into John and read the life of Christ. Amen? Read the life of Christ. Let's move on. You know, some of us were like, spirits, I want to hear from you. I, I need to hear from you. I'm desperate to hear from you. I want more of you. But then our obedience is a little shaky at best. Amen? If I'm being honest, am I the only one in the room like this? You know, we, we cry out, you know, yes, we have ears to hear the still small voice of God, but we'll never hear it if we're not willing to do anything about it. The Lord says, go pray for them. Go pray for him. Go, go do this. Go give to them. Just be there for them. Say this to them. Well, I'm not going to say that. That's weird. Just be there. Be willing for the Holy Spirit to move you in ways. Don't be surprised when it happens. Because we are living in the day where the kingdom of God is at hand. And let me tell you, this word has been written, um, translated into many different languages. Um, this was written thousands of years ago, and the kingdom of God was at hand. So why is the church just now getting it? Because the spirit of revelation is opening us up to more and more. Because we are literally on the precipice of something great and amazing, and it has nothing to do with how great we are. It has everything to do with how great he is and what he did. Amen? Amen? So be expecting for that to take place. In Genesis 6.13, it says this. And God said to Noah, I have determined or I have decided based on which translation you have to make an end to all flesh. That's key right there that God said, I have determined. Let the judgment be with God. I have determined, not Pete Talbot has determined who should enter the ark and who shouldn't. But God has determined. God is the one fighting. God is the one that's fighting for us. And, and when he says something like, it is finished, man, we need to, I need to understand that better. It is finished. 
but God, I still feel like this, and I'm still holding out for my healing, I can see God just kind of chuckle. <laughs> You're holding out for your healing? I already did that. Well, God, I can't walk like that now because I, I got to be this certain guy for my company. You know, I just got into real estate. I, I got I to gotta be, I got to look, I got to talk, I got to act a certain way in real estate. And God said, that's funny that you think that you do. Instead, here's another way to serve people. God, I don't have a 401k. I need to do something because, you know, I, I'm going to be working till my fingers to the bone until I die. And God would say, it's funny that you think that you need that. I'm not dogging on anybody's 401k. If you have it, great. And continue. Continue to be, to be faithful in the little so that you'll be faithful with more. But, but there are some different mindsets that we have that God is trying to, to break the old way. And there are, there are things that we thought were, were, were but they're man's way. God said, I have decided, Moses, so therefore build an ark. It's God who preserves and God who punishes, and we are his, and we are called to be his and called to, to, be an ark, to build an ark and to fill it with as many people as we can. And, and, you know, God is so good in the sense that he continues to use us no matter our pasts. Amen? Amen. I want to finish up here. I used to think uh, when I was younger, and, and when I would dwell on my past mistakes, not even when I was younger, and when I say younger, I mean like 20 minutes ago, <laughs> and, and when I would dwell on my mistakes or the things that I've done wrong in my life, you know, I, I clearly recognize that maybe there's still un, some unforgiveness, that I haven't forgiven myself for certain things, and, and then all of a sudden that becomes... God reminded me, are, are your past sins bigger than the cross? Of course not. Of course not, God. Why would you, why would you even, well, that's what you're doing. You're, see, we insinuate that all of a sudden, I, I can't come to God. I, I can't go and pray for people in Walmart. I, I can't go and, and um, you know, give you know, beyond my means to that person right now because you know, I, I'm, just, I'm a sinner, God. I'm a sinner. And then we can get even spiritual about it. I'm a sinner. I'm saved by grace, but I'm a sinner. You know? But, but listen, when we do that, now all of a sudden we're saying, the sin that I had is bigger than you, and you don't have the means to overcome that. And God is looking at us saying, I've already overcome it. And now because I've already overcome your past and your sins are as far as the east is from the west, now expect to walk in a newness of life. And don't just talk about it. Don't just talk about it in certain ways that, that all of a sudden, oh, you know, I've, I've got this river of life flowing out of me. But then we go to work on Monday and we don't act like that. Right? Give me traffic for one minute. That's my test. 
Some of you, I've seen you, some of you I've golfed with, and you've golfed with me. And, and, and golf is the ultimate litmus test of how you are when nobody's watching. Because golf, all of a sudden, you put yourself in situations, and now you have to get yourself out of situations that you've got yourself into, honestly, without kicking it, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're every, the, the rest of the foursome's down there, and you're like, nope, wasn't in the trap. Good, safe, right? But if you do it honestly, golf is that ultimate. And some of you have golfed with me. And, and man, that's a real test. That's a real test. <laughs> but, but here we are. Now, as, as crazy or as ignorant as golf is, and I love it, and I'll continue to golf. I can't wait to golf with some of you in here this year. But I wonder what it would be like to practice actual radic radical Christianity as an assault on Western ideology. Amen? As an assault on what the enemy is trying to bring. What would it look like if our lives were so much like Christ that it was an actual assault on the enemy? That it was an actual assault on every single demon. And with every footstep we made, the demons would tremble. Amen? Because he is bringing us to that place where the kingdom of God is at hand. It's, we're in the midst of it. Amen? You're going to lay your hands on people and they're going to be healed. And it's not going to be for your glory. It's going to be for the glory of the king who sits high upon his throne. Amen? Because he's called us to do that. He says, greater things shall you do because I'm going to the Father now. Amen? And so these things are happening. So what would it be like to explicitly know the scripture? Um, because we tend to express our relationship with Jesus as he's a key component to life. But instead, the word explicitly tells us that he is life. So what would that look like? We... Becoming like Christ are no longer a key component to life, but we bring life wherever we go. We bring life to even those situations that we say there's no hope there. People have said there's no hope for Legion. There's no hope for my son. This is how he's going to be forever. There's no hope there. That is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard because the Bible because the word tells us there's hope when there is no hope amen and his name is Jesus Christ and he says it is finished so in it's going to be like in the days of Noah where there's going to be a certain pride that kind of it, it overcomes and and now there's a corruption that's evident we see it everywhere and, and we can take a look at that corruption but listen to me the Bible has been has been preached and taught, you know, many different ways, many different years, and it has all been, um, not all of it, there's really good preaching out there. In fact, my sister-in-law and I were just talking about some, some great preaching and teaching, and there's really good preaching out there. But listen, what if, what if we lived it so much and, and that we became like Christ, becoming an assault on the westernized Christian watered-down culture. Amen? That's what I want. Worship services that start in your car and end when, you're, when you finally go to sleep at night. Because a worship service doesn't have to be up here. My guitar kept 
coming unplugged and it kept shaking and doing weird stuff. I'm sorry about that. But we often take a, you know, think of worship as like it's, it's only up here. It's only Sunday morning or sometimes Wednesday night. You know, worship is, is in our hearts all the time. You know, and Jesus said to pray without ceasing. And, and so we should be in an atmosphere all the time that the kingdom of God is ready to break forth and the spirit of God is ready to lead us into places where we didn't even expect because it is at hand. Amen? Let us be a people that are captivated by the glory and the beauty of God. Amen? Let us be a people. Man, let us fill our arcs with the people we love and with the people that God loves. I love how Pastor Gary prays this all the time. Let me, God, let me, God, see your people the way that you see them. Let me stop looking at people and judging people based on how I look at them. But instead, God, let me see everybody that I come in contact with how you see them, with potential, with life, and love. And therefore, let us stop with the tiny excuses of saying, this is why I can't go forward. Because the Holy Spirit says, actually, you can. Before we pray... I don't want us to be another culture. I don't want us to be another generation that's been hijacked by bad preaching. And, and I've been one of those um, hijacking the gospel for bad preaching because, you know, I, I, when I was younger, I remember preaching uh, John 3.16 when I was 13 or 14 years old to a Sunday school, and I couldn't wait, and it was, I was going to make me look so good, and I wore a tie, and, and I couldn't wait, and it was all about me, 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 me. I'm going to look awesome. I'm going to look awesome. God, I'm doing this for you, by the way, and I'm going to look so good, and those little students are going to come up to me, they're going to high-five me, it's going to be so good, you know, and I hijacked the gospel for my own glory, Shame on me for that. And shame on so many different preaching throughout history where they hijack that. But instead, you know, we, we make it out to look like, you know, there's an angry God that's waiting up there. And he's going to strike us dead if we do one thing wrong again. Right? And, and, and that's the idea that we get. But then all of a sudden... There's the beautiful truths and the beautiful um, picture of the gospel that says, actually, it's God and there's life. And, and the kingdom of God is at hand. And so if we are going to be that assault on Christian um, or westernized Christianity, watered down Christianity, if we're going to be that assault on what the devil is trying to do in and through the world, Amen? Then it's got to be more of him and less of us. It's got to be like Noah walking with God daily. Where I could see Noah maybe sacrificing what he wants. Because it's, it's more about what he wants. What God wants for us. You know, some, some of these beautiful truths of the scripture have become, become so cliche and powerless because we've taken them so far out of context. 
But instead, get yourselves in the context of what God is speaking to you. If you hear God speak to you, if all of a sudden, and some of you are like, what's that like? I don't know what it's like for God to speak to me. You know, if you're driving by yourself, if you're sitting up in the morning, and all of a sudden there's a scripture that comes to you, here's one thing that you should not do. You should not just overlook that and think like, that's nice, I'm gonna get on with my day. Stop what you're doing and open up the scripture because there's something that the Lord is trying to speak to you through that scripture. You know, if all of a sudden you're watching a Disney movie with your kids, and I'm not puffing up Disney here, I'm just saying that God can speak to you through many different ways that you don't even expect, and then all of a sudden you're watching that movie with your kids, and you get emotional because of what the truth is of that, yo, hit pause, and then, then wrap your family around in that scripture. I don't do it enough. All of a sudden, it, it, it's here, and then it's gone. But the Lord is trying, the Lord is doing something right now, and he's speaking to many of you. Let us be obedient with that as well. Let it not pass us where the Lord speaks to us one minute and then the next minute it's gone. This is not here to condemn. I, I believe that the gospel is here to give courage to the children of God. Not to bash fear over our heads. When I was younger, I would fear the rapture, man. Whenever I'd hear the rapture being spoke about, I thought, I don't know if I'm pre-trib, post-trib. I, I just, I wanted, I, I, it, it scared me. I'm just being honest, as a kid, as a child, it scared me. But that's not here to, to scare us. That's not here to give us fear. That's here to give us courage. Because we are the children of God, and we are the ones that he is calling and speaking to us to go forth and build an ark to take people with us. Amen. Amen, that we can see people healed. Do we really want to see people healed and delivered? Or do we just want to talk about it? I believe that we really want to see people healed, delivered. We really want to see lives changed. There's some of you out there, I can see it right now, that the Lord is just beginning in you. There's never this, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too left, I'm too right. There's none of that. God is saying, I'm just beginning with you. Amen? And some, some of you, I don't even know you, but I can see it in you. So go forth and let the Spirit of God lead you and direct you. Amen? Are we challenged this morning? Are we hungry this morning for more of Him? Amen? Are we ready for Him to just completely take over and be preeminent anyway? Because that's what the Scripture tells us to do. Amen? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. God, there's going to be times where it seems like my pride is getting in the way. Strip me of my pride, oh God. Lord, let us walk in humility. Let us walk in a humbleness. Let us walk in a gentleness that we can minister to our friends and family. We can minister to those that we don't even know. God, that we can minister, we can be a ministry, God, to everybody that we come in contact with. Amen. Could I have everybody stand? You know, there's a way to every pastor that seems right to close a service, especially when you're a worship leader, and the end, it all leads to death. <laughs> but man, I can't shake it. I was in the worship service this morning. I don't know who it is, but I feel like it, it, if you know it, there's somebody, your, your son, your child is mute. You're gonna lay your hands on that child, and he's going to worship. He, she, oh, expect it, church.
Expect the lame to walk again. Amen? Expect the broken hearts to become whole. Not for us. This isn't about, this isn't about us. But Holy Spirit, this is about you using us. Lord, we're, we're, we're obedient. God, help us to be more obedient. Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you have directed us to a place that we are not here by mistake. Lord, I thank you for uh, the kingdom of God, for it is at hand. And Lord, I thank you that you will continue to lead us and direct us. And Lord, I, I pray that, that us here this morning, that we would have the humility to say that and to confess that. Lord, it's you that we want to walk in. We want to walk with you just as Noah walked with you, just as Enoch walked with you, just as Jesus did what he saw the Father do. We want to do that as well, Lord. Uh, Lord, we want, to, we want to be a man or a woman after your own heart, God. We want to, to praise you unendingly, Lord. We want to pray and never cease. Lord, let us be this generation, Lord. And, and, and Lord, anything within us, anything that resides within us that is not pure, that is is not holy, that is not righteous, Lord, I pray that you would eradicate it like a cancer, God, right from our spiritual selves, God, and that we would reflect you in what you're doing. Lord, just as the goldsmith, he heats the gold until he can see his own reflection, and then he carefully wipes the dross away, Lord, I pray that you would refine us to the certain point where you see your reflection in us, and then you are careful to wipe that dross away. God, where we can once again, we can, we can walk with you, God. Lord, I pray for those people in the supermarket that we come in contact with because I know that after we say this, you are going to place us in contact with people that need prayer. Lord, I pray that we would be faithfully obedient. God, for our coworkers that we love and that we care about. Even the coworkers that are a little hard to be around, Lord, I pray that you would allow us to, to have so much humility, so much humbleness and gentleness, God, that we could speak to them and we could weave the gospel into everyday conversations, Lord. Lord, that they would see revival within their workplace, that they would see revival within their marriage, God, within their, their relationship with their children, God. Lord, let us not judge. But let us instead walk with you, and like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And everybody believe said.